0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with
1: authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing
0: to get real. I'm Stacy Farquharson and I'm Stacy Trasankos Thank you for joining the Stacy and Stacy podcast mm-hmm. on our 34th episode of season 2 35th. on October 28th. Hey, hey, hey. What? 35th. Oh gosh. Okay. 35th episode <laughs> of season 2. 34th, <laughs> 35th. They all go together after some point. Of season 2. Today is October 28th of the year 2022, and we're so happy to join you this Friday on this Feast of Saints Simon and Jude, Apostles, to continue reading the Bible with you. Stacy's going to pray with us and get us started and talk to us about the scripture today. And then in the catechism, because we're working our way through it, and if you've been listening to the podcast for the last few weeks, we're already on page 24 of the catechism and mm-hmm. today we're covering okay let me see if I get all these numbers right we're <laughs> in we're in part 1 the profession of faith section 1 i believe we believe article 2 the the transmission of divine revelation we're moving on to that today we finished article 1 and the first part of that is the apostolic tradition so today we're talking about the transmission of divine revelation through the apostolic tradition, more big Catholic words. And then we'll move on to that next Monday on the relationship between tradition and scripture. If you don't, if you don't know all of this, stay tuned because it's, it's so fundamental to the church. It's so enriching. It's so confidence building. And it's just beautiful to think that we are meant to go out and be disciples ourselves today that our bishops are in the apostolic tradition and um, that there's this whole succession, this apostolic succession from our bishops today all the way back to the apostles. It's really cool. Stay tuned.
1: Okay. Well, let's say our prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that your mercy is new every morning. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this day. Um, I just ask for special blessings and protection over our families this day and throughout the weekend. Fill our hearts with your love for each other and strengthen us with your joy. Your word tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So please open the eyes of our understanding that we might comprehend your scriptures and give us fresh eyes to see you. And ears to hear you. Mother Mary, pray for us.
0: Pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> okay, grab yeah. your tea, grab your coffee. I have my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and your Bible. And be
1: sure <laughs> to spend some time with the Lord today. Alrighty. Uh, we are going to look at the gospel reading today. It, it is found in Luke chapter 6, it says Jesus went up to the mountain to pray and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon who is also called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Okay, now you might be thinking, oh goodness, is she going to talk about each one of the 12 disciples this morning? <laughs> no, no worries. I'm not going there. I just read through all of the readings for today, and what really spoke to me were the first two lines of the gospel Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. And I think I just started to feel a little convicted that I need to pray more to God, that I need to pray more. I pray, but I thought of some of the things that try to distract me, and I just wanted to talk about that today. Distraction, hindrances to our prayer life and hindrances to our time that we spend with Jesus. So in 1 Corinthians 7.35, it says, I say this for your own benefit, not to put any restraint upon you but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. Now, honestly, if we go back and look at chapter seven in first Corinthians, this is where Paul is talking about being married versus being single. He's giving them lots of marital advice. But this one scripture speaks to me because it says promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. And that's what I want, unhindered devotion to the Lord. But really, it doesn't matter if you are married or single or working or retired. If you're young, if you're old, we're all super busy, busy. And wherever we are in our lives, we can apply this. All of us can because we all need to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. So here's my struggle. One of the, I guess, my biggest struggles with spending time with the Lord is organizing my day. I mean, I have a million and one things that I'm trying to get done all at once. I've not been officially di- diagnosed, but I'm, I'm pretty certain I suffer from squirrel syndrome. I mean, I get sidetracked so easy. I start something and I don't finish it. I have a great ideas, but struggle with implementation. I can't, it's hard for me to get them implemented. I have a million tabs open on my computer and I don't want to close any of them because I know that I'm going to need it. And I want to just keep it open just in case. I have 100 books on my ottoman upstairs and I plan to read every single one of them all at once, all at the same time. I've got several books that I'm reading at once. My husband said the other day he wanted to sit down with me and look at my schedule. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) amazingly, I seem to get a lot of it done. But this is my craziness. I'm just going in a hundred different directions. And I know you can, many of you can, um, you can uh, empathize with me there. However, knowing that I'm wired that way, I had to make my conversation, my quiet time, my prayer time with the Lord super easy so that it doesn't get swept away by all the busyness, by all the things that I have going on. So I have a journal and I simply ask the Lord each morning, what would you like to say to me today? And then, of course, most days the squirrel syndrome kicks in and I start praying, talking, writing, and I have to make myself be quiet and listen because I kind of take over that conversation. Sometimes I feel like he shows me something and some days it's crickets. That's okay. There's no condemnation. What I've learned is to just show up. And it looks different every day. Some days I have a lot on my mind and some days I have a lot of emotions going on and I just sit there and cry and boohoo to the Lord. And some days I can hear him better than others. Some days I spend three minutes and some days I spend 30 minutes. No condemnation. It's whatever. Just show up. And we can't try to imitate somebody else's intimacy with the Lord because then it won't be genuine. We can get ideas from each other, but we just pray and ask God to help us order our day and create that unhindered devotion time that works best for each one of us. And if you don't, if I don't do anything else, I at least try to to do the journal where I ask the Lord if he has anything for me that day. But I also try to extend it throughout the day. I do things that try to keep my mind focused on him. Like on the days that I have to get my daughter to school in the mornings. And so I usually only spend a short time with the Lord because I'm rushing to get out of here. After I drop her off, I might pray a rosary in the car or listen to the divine mercy or maybe a teaching or Catholic radio, something that turns my mind back to the Lord. And usually it'll spark a prayer. I honestly don't like to listen to music a lot in the car because if I'm in the car by myself, I kind of use that as quiet time. (laughs) If I'm waiting on my daughter to get out of school or if I uh, take my mom to a doctor's appointment, I usually always have a book with me ready to read it. Not that I always do, but at least I've got a book with me. Or we talk on the phone. Or we talk on the phone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My husband has a timer on his phone set for three o'clock every afternoon And a message pops up and it says, I trust you, Lord. And that's that's his way. It prompts him to pray every day. All right. So here's a couple of ideas. uh, Some just simply intended to help us stay mindful of God throughout the day. Just some extra suggestions we can do Um, at some point throughout the day. Pray a rosary Write in a journal. You can pray a novena. You can join a group and pray a novena with others. You can listen to the Divine Mercy while cooking dinner. I love to just listen to the, Stacey's got a beautiful Divine Mercy that I listen to and I just like to have it going on in the background. Sometimes I put it in my uh, on my AirPod and just listen to it. It's beautiful. Go to bed 15 minutes early to read a book or your Bible. Join a Bible study group, a prayer group, add an extra mass in each week. Maybe go to adoration once a week. Read a short devotional. You can even get those um, daily calendars that just have a short scripture or a word of encouragement on them. Type a favorite scripture that's really speaking to you. Write it up. Type it up. Put it on your refrigerator. And every time you open the door, you can, you can pray it. You can mem- say it. You can memorize it. You can pray about it. Put a divine mercy picture on your bathroom mirror to remind you to tell Jesus you trust him every time you're You uh, brush your teeth (laughs) or wash your hands. Read for 15 minutes each night before you turn the TV on. Find a prayer partner. Commit to praying together for each other. You You can do it by phone. You can do it in person. You can even text or email your prayers to each other, your prayer requests. And sometimes it's nice to just write your prayers down. Volunteer. Serve God's family in some capacity. When you get up in the morning, thank God for a new day. When you go to bed, thank God for something that he did for you that day. Also, you can put someone's business card in that book you're reading to remind you to pray for them. Or you could listen to the Stacey and Stacey podcast. (laughs) I'm sure there are a million other ideas. But again, whatever works for you, whatever works for your schedule. Anything you can do to promote good order, to keep God Keep mindful of God and just to have that unhindered devotion to the Lord. There are so many struggles and distractions like we talked about, like, should we do it in the morning or should we do it in the evening? Well, are you a night owl or an early bird? Psalm 88 says, oh, Lord, I cry out to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. Well, I'm an early bird, so morning definitely works better for me. I think Jesus might have been a night owl because if we remember our scripture that we started with, he went up to the mountain to pray and he spent the night in prayer to God. No way could I stay up all night praying. I would fall asleep. Usually I fall asleep on the couch next to Pat. Okay. Not sure what to do during a quiet time. That can be a struggle. Don't know how to get started. Don't know what to do or how to spend that time with the Lord. Well, remember, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So just don't overthink it. It can be fluid. It can change. Probably will change as life changes. Circumstances within your life changes. When we go through things, you know, our quiet time is going to look differently. Like I said, just show up. And another, what, not sure what to pray. You know, maybe, maybe one of the hindrances is You just feel like, I don't don't know what to pray or how to pray. Well, maybe consider the list of ideas we just mentioned. But again, just pray the Our Father if that's what you feel comfortable with. Just start with what you know and trust that it will grow. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Just give God something to bless, and He will. Oh, life is too busy. I just don't have the time. Well, I understand that. Life is busy. There's always something we need to do and some deadline to have it done by. Kids are calling and need something. Bosses, spouses, friends, customers, children, grandchildren, the church. What a blessing, though, it is to have such a full plate. Uh, Remember, you can have as much of Jesus as you want because he's there in the midst of every conversation, every car drive, every household chore, every crisis and every blessing. He says he'll never leave us or abandon us. He's there with us through everything we just have to reach out we just have to acknowledge him we just have to turn to him most days i'm running i mean i hit the floor running some days i'm running down the stairs and i'm thanking jesus that my foot doesn't slip or i'm running out to feed nutmeg and i'm just thanking the lord that she's not going to be nutty this morning whatever it is going to the grocery store i can't tell you how many times i've asked the lord please don't let me forget my mom's prescription (laughs) or something that natalie asked me to buy her Each day is different. Again, no condemnation. Finally, why do we pray? Well, there's many reasons, but one reason is to get direction and instruction. Again, Jesus went up to the mountain to pray and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came when the sun rose, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12. So perhaps he and God were talking about the 12 men he would choose. Maybe he was praying for each one of them. Maybe Jesus was praying for the ones that weren't chosen because when the sun came up, he called his 12 disciples to himself. How much more we need to spend time with the father. Jesus spent all night long. How much more we need to be strengthened and encouraged and filled and be given direction and instruction to be reassured. So many reasons to pray to God and spend time with him. Again, it
0: doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever works for your schedule and just show up i was walking with my husband last night stacy listening to you talk and um and i said to him you know i really stink at just having a structured prayer time like i it's a good thing we do the podcast because that is my sit down time and i read the bible with stacy and i pray with stacy and we read through the catechism with stacy and um that is that is kind of my structured time but then so much of what, what we do is uh, work for the church and I'm taking philosophy courses. So I, I spend a lot of time reading books and thinking. But I said to Jose, what I do is in in the spirit of pray without seizing, I, I have just trained myself now that like everything I think is a prayer. Like when I'm thinking, of, because I, I do a lot of thinking, like I, I'm a prone to anxiety and I like to think things through. I like to try to see what bad things are coming my way so I can head them off and stay in control of everything. <laughs> but I said, Jose, like everything, I think it's just like prayer. I'm constantly casting to God. Jesus says, this what you want me to do. Is this what you want me to do? Enlighten my mind so I can figure this out. What do we do here? Like I'm constantly just trying to conform my will to God's will.
1: Mm-hmm. constantly
0: in, in all my thoughts, saying, is this what I need to do? And I think that is, it, it takes many years to get to that point to where you're just naturally doing I'm not saying I'm like some prayer warrior or something. Mm-hmm. I've just learned to be talking about anxiety. I've learned to be scared. If I don't do that. That's a, awesome. I call that I call that prayer thinking, you know, prayer, where
1: but where you're thinking about something and then you lift it up and you say a quick little prayer, or you ask Jesus about it. Then you go back to thinking about, I call that prayer thinking. I can't tell you how many times I've it's led into big conversations with the Lord, you know, but it's yeah. just like you said, it's throughout the day, just keeping him mindful and casting things over to him, you know, cast it to him because he cares for you. But that's, that's awesome. That's exactly what it is. It's just being in that, that in constant that prayer.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm scared not to be. Like, I'm scared to be outside of my prayer bubble ever. Like, I just uh it's scary. We wanna we wanna leave you with some really good hope here on Friday. We don't like to end the week on a stressful note. The part of the catechism that we're gonna talk about today, you know, speaking of praying, like when you're praying you're joining with the church. It's not just you and God. That's what the beautiful thing about Catholics. We're in communion with Christ, which means we're in communion with each other. And so when you're praying during the day, you're in, you're communing with God and with the whole church. You're, you're staying in this prayer zone. That's, that's been lasting ever since um, Christ and, and even before in the old Testament, but you're joining yourself with the flow of the church through our modern time in the catechism it talks about the transmission of divine revelation now if you're if you're a lifelong catholic and you know all about this i think it's still worth hearing again and a lot of this comes from day verbum which is stacy's favorite Love encyclical <laughs> and mine too if you're not catholic this is gonna rock your world i mean this was one of the things i didn't realize i didn't know and when i read this i'm like this Get out of town, because when you're a Protestant, you know, and I grew up Baptist, and I love the Baptist, but you read about the apostles, and they're just this group of men from a long time ago. You don't feel any connection with them. Mm-hmm. When you read this as in the Catholic Church, it's like everything snaps into place. The apostles... There is an apostolic succession, an apostolic tradition. So let's talk about what that is. And I, I'm in the catechism. If you're not Catholic, the catechism is our book of answers. It's like a collection of all the teachings of all the things we believe and why. And it there's citations, references that go to church encyclicals, a lot to scripture, to church councils, um, just throughout the tradition. You can see it there and the scripture. Okay. God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. And mm-hmm. what is the knowledge of truth? That's a person. That's Jesus Christ. So what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to proclaim Christ to all nations and individuals so that this revelation may reach the end of the earth. So that's that's our job. I know a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about whether the Pope is really Catholic, whether the Pope's doing what they think he should do, whether the bishops are doing what they think he should do. Our job really isn't to sit around and gossip about the Pope and the bishops. It's okay to have opinions, but we're not supposed to divide the church. What we're supposed to do is pass on the good news to the people in our lives. So what is the apostolic tradition? Christ the Lord in whom the entire revelation, so we talked about that a few days ago, The entire revelation of the Most High God is summed up, commanded the apostles to preach the gospel, which has been promised beforehand by the prophets. We covered that and which he fulfilled in his own person and promulgated with his own lips. In preaching the gospel, they, the apostles, were to communicate the gifts of God to all men. The gospel was to be the source of all saving truth and moral discipline. So we have a duty and obligation to be disciples ourselves and to tell people about the good news. The gospel was handed on in two ways. So forget that you're in the internet age of 2022. The gospel was handed on back in the day, orally. Okay, The apostles handed on by the spoken word of their preaching and by the examples of their lives, by the institutions they established, what they themselves had received. So they passed it on, whether they received it from the lips of Christ himself, as the first apostles did, from his way of life and his works, or whether they had learned it at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So one way that tradition was passed on was orally. And it was also passed on, of course, in writing. By the apostles and other men associated with the apostles, who, under the inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, committed the message of salvation to writing. We call that the Bible. And it's continued in the apostolic succession. So, what does that mean? Stacey, did you know that word before you became Catholic? No, no. Me neither. In order that the full and living gospel might always be preserved in the church. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. The apostles left bishops. So the apostles were the first bishops and they left bishops as their successors. They gave them their own position and teaching authority. Indeed, the apostolic preaching, which is expressed in a special way in the inspired books, the Bible, was to be preserved in a continuous line of succession until the end of time. Boom. So all the bishops, like that's why I kind of got upset a few days ago, like stop gossiping about the bishops. They are in the direct succession of the apostles themselves. They are owed by their office and by their appointment From the Pope as bishops, you know, they don't just get to wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a bishop. Mm -hmm. They have to be appointed prayerfully by the Pope. They are part of the apostolic succession and they are owed our obedience, our respect and our prayer. Now, step outside of all this holiness and let's get into the real world here. I know there are bishops that people think are corrupt absolutely in the history of the church there have been bishops and cardinals and popes even popes the history of the church is not for the (laughs) faint-hearted there is some there's some rough stuff in the history of the catholic church there have been corrupt men however what what the church believes what the catechism is teaching us right here is that the holy spirit is in the church throughout tradition throughout the ages and that even though there's some ugliness and some bumps and some, corrupt, some corruption, we, the people of the church, need to keep the faith. We need to honor those offices. We need to pray for any men that we think are corrupt, and we need to hold them accountable. It's perfectly okay to hold the bishops accountable by asking questions and and saying, don't do that. But we got to do it. This is where I think people the last few days when we've been talking about stop dividing the church you can disagree. You just can't disagree in a way that turns into backbiting, gossip, libel, slander, or in a way that indicates to other people who are either seeking the church or right. already in the church. You can't do it in a way that makes them doubt that the Holy Spirit is alive in the church. Yeah. Because then you're telling them, don't be Catholic. Right. Don't do that. You can disagree Disagree in a way that preserves the unity of the Holy church. Mm -hmm. So that, that is not all that hard to do, but that is what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. So last part here, the living transmission accomplished in the Holy spirit is called tradition. See, so we don't talk about tradition outside of Catholicism. We believe, you know, scripture, scripture and tradition. We'll talk more about that on Monday. Since, Tradition is distinct from sacred scripture, though closely connected to it. Um, this is part of the living passing on of the faith. Through tradition, the church and her doctrine, life and worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is, all that she believes The sayings of the holy fathers, that means the popes, are a witness to the life giving presence of this tradition, showing how its riches are poured out in the practice and life of the church, in her belief and in her prayer. Mm. The Father, this God, and so the last thing, communion. We're big on communion in the Catholic Church. We're big on relationship. We're big on unity. God the Father, his self communication made through his word, remember that was Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit remains present and active in the church. Anyone who's in the church and is despairing because you think it's all falling apart. Read that a hundred times until it sinks in. The father's self-communication made through his word in the Holy Spirit remains present and active in the church. Mm -hmm. He spoke in the past. He continues to converse with the spouse of, of his beloved son. That means the church, the spouse. And the Holy Spirit, through whom the living voice of the gospel rings out in the church and through her into the world, leads believers to the full truth. It makes the word of Christ dwell in them in all its richness. And that is some beautiful language. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when you pray, so back to what Stacy was saying, when when you pray, whether you're just walking down the street and you say, Jesus, help me, help me do the right thing. Help me take the next right step. Or whether you're sitting down, very structured, praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet praying for your loved ones, reading the Bible, whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're like plugging yourself into the electricity of the Catholic church flowing for Mm -hmm. all time. Like you're part of something magnificent and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried about corruption of men within the church, that is precisely when you need to be praying for them.
1: Mm Yes. 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 I love that. I love the way that you're going through the catechism. It's, um, I look forward to that every morning now that we're doing it. Um, you know, it, I just, as you were talking, I was just thinking, what's in abundance of the heart comes out the mouth. And mm-hmm. um, it says that in the Bible. And when we are like throughout the day just praying about stuff, or we are throughout the day grumbling and complaining about things, or we are throughout the day walking in fear, doubt, and unbelief. It, it's whatever we're feeding ourselves, and if we're reading all the negativity and we're just, you know, wallering in that, wallering, um, yeah, <laughs> then of course we're going to talk more about it. It's going to spread. If we are reading the the word, if we're um, praying, if we're in communion with God and His Church, then that's going to be in the abundance of the heart. And that, if we're wallering in that then that's going to come out that we're going to speak that with others. We're going to communicate that with others. So it's really, you know, what you focus on grows, Mm -hmm. right? So it, whatever your focus is, that's where that's going to continue to grow. It's going to get bigger to you and you can control that. We can control that. We can Mm -hmm. determine, we can determine what we're going to focus on.
0: Yes. And, and like I said, many times I'm prone to anxiety. Like I, I, I think so much about things. Sometimes I see monsters under the bed that, that aren't there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared of everything. That, that really is something I, I have had to learn to do is just to, I, I feel, I'm afraid not to pray for that reason, because yeah. I don't want to be outside that bubble of communion with the Catholic church. Right. I, I, I want to stay plugged in. I don't, I don't want to be outside of that. I mean, of course, of course I forget sometimes, but I'm always like, Oh no, I need to run back to the church and cling to the heart of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. Yes, <laughs> and be absolutely. safe. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday. Uh, please, if you like our podcast, share it with others, subscribe, maybe invite us for a retreat. We're getting ready to do some traveling here in um, November. Yeah. So God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. I'm Stacey Tresenkos.
1: And I'm Stacey Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy and stacy.site for more information.